week, we began a new series called Created for Significance. And I want to begin this week by telling you once again that you are significant in God's kingdom. Amen? I want you to know every one of you in here, you have a purpose, you have a place in God's kingdom. You were created uh, for a time like this. Such a time as this, right? But today I want to ask each of you a question. What's really important to God? What truly matters to God? And I know y'all have heard me say this several times, that people matter to God. And we're going to go just a little bit into depth on what that means And I believe and truly believe that if people matter to God, then what? They should matter to us. Amen? And so, you know, when I was a kid, I used to get in the mail the Highlights Kids magazine. Anybody else get those? Anybody get? I loved Highlights. But you know what my favorite part of a Highlights magazine was? Is I would take that magazine and I'd go to like one of the very last pages and find the hidden pictures. That is by far the thing that I look forward to. And even years later, when Maylee was in uh, preschool and kindergarten, we got her the Highlights magazine. And so me and her would sit down and we'd get that Highlights magazine, we'd find the hidden pictures, and we'd go through it together. And you know, there was one thing about that magazine that that was the one thing. I didn't care about all the other articles or anything else, but I wanted to find the hidden pictures. And this hidden pictures, it was a picture and they would, it would just be like a normal picture, be like a coloring page, and they would hide objects all throughout that picture, and they would make them blend in so it was not always the easiest thing to find, and then they would give you the objects to find, and then you would go and you would search for those pictures to find what you were looking for. But I loved that magazine. It was one of my favorite things to do. Um, but today... Our scripture is about hidden things. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Luke chapter 15. I don't know if you remember, last week I said that uh, we're going to be dealing in the, next, in the next few weeks on three chapters. Luke 14, Luke 15, Luke 16. Last week we, we talked about from Luke 14. This week and next week we're going to talk about Luke uh, 15. And then the, the last two weeks will be about Luke chapter 16. So if you got time, if you get a moment um, in your Bible reading, read those three chapters so that you kind of have an idea of where we're going. But we're going to look at two of the three stories here in Luke chapter 15, and then next week we will look at the third in more detail. The first two stories are about a lost sheep and a lost coin. The third story is probably the most famous, and it's about a lost son, or if you want to call a wayward son. But I want to begin reading at verse 1. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 15, we're going to start at verse 1. I want to say something real quick. Anybody remember we didn't have a projector last week? Can I just tell you that as a pastor, all these things went through my head thinking, man, we've got to have to replace this thing. What are we going to do? Blah, 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 blah. So we had the scaffolding out because we've been doing the remodeling on the building And so Bill rode it over here, climbed up there, and he started. I said, the power cable's right there. He touched the power cable, and it came on. And it was like, what? I said, just push that power cable in a little more. We pushed it in a little more, and guess what? 
the projector works. So for some reason, over the last four or five years, that power cable just worked its way out. And that's all it was, a simple solution. So, you know, I, I believe you can call it, I don't know if the projector was dead and God healed it or what. We can call it a miracle, but we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna receive that miracle. Amen? Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. It says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. You know, it's in these stories that Jesus points out the two types of people that God is searching for. Each of us in this room, we fall into one of these two categories. Those two types of people are the fully committed and the lost. So we're going to talk about these for just a moment. First of all, the fully committed. And I want to begin with this first type. You know, in order to explain this to you, we need to go all the way back to a time in the Old Testament. There was this well-intentioned king. He was a king of Israel. His name was Asa. And he came under attack from the neighbor to his north. Asa was a seasoned king. He had been at war several times before, and in those previous battles, Asa's strategy was to do the best he could to array his troops uh, tactically, and then he would pray that God would fight for them. And you know what? God always did. As a result, Asa never lost a battle. Now, I want to say something right here. If you ever find yourself about to go into a spiritual battle, don't go at it alone. You cannot go to battle you cannot go to a war without the Holy Spirit by your side. You will, you will be much better if you take God with you. Amen? But one of these times, Asa was attacked by a, a vastly superior force from Ethiopia. And in, in customary fashion, he arrayed his troops and then he prayed. And here's what it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verses 9 and 11. 9 through 11 says, Zerah the Cushite marched out against them with an army of thousands upon thousands and 300 chariots and came as far as Marisa. Asa went out to meet him and they took up battle positions in the valley of Zephatha near Marisa. 
Then Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, Lord our God, for we rely on you, and in your name we have come against this vast army. Lord, you are our God. Do not let mere mortals prevail against you. Now, understand, this was Asa's prayer every time he would go out. Every time that he would go out into battle, he would be prepared to go out into battle, and then he would say a prayer. Now, now look at what God did in verse 14, or verse, I'm sorry, verse 12. It says, the Lord struck down the Cushites before Asa and Judah. The Cushites fled. You see what God did? Because he was prepared for battle, because he went out and he made sure that the Lord was with him during this time, he would always pray and ask that God would take care of him. And we see that God comes in and takes care of the battle. But this is what it was like for Asa for most of the first years of his reign. But you see, as time went on, things would change. And several years later, when King Asa is older and more established, he's, he's being attacked by a king in the north. And this time, though, King Asa is reluctant to go into battle. Now, Asa has more to lose this time. He has more to lose than he used to when he was just a young king starting out. So now in his conservative days, instead of going to battle, he takes money from his treasury and he pays the king of Syria to attack his rival from his eastern flank. Now, that way, Asa risks nothing. He lets somebody else do his fighting for him. And there's something that we got to remember. Can I tell you that God is always watching? Amen? Do you agree with me? God is always watching. And God was watching Asa closely. You see, God knows all about the hostile king of Asa's northern border. And he's so disappointed when Asa takes the comfortable way out out, that he sends a prophet to Asa whose name is Hanani. And if you look at 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 7 and 9, this is what it says. At that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa king of Judah and said to him, because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. Were not the Cushites and Libyans a mighty army with great numbers of chariots and horsemen, yet when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout, rang throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You have done a foolish thing, and from now on you will be at war. Do you see what happened here? God knew the predicament that Asa was in. It was a chance for Asa to do good and to express faith, to be fully committed, and to prove it. Let me tell you something. God is looking for fully committed people, amen? He's wanting us to be committed, ready to go out, ready to go out and do battle for him. They don't want people that will flake out when it gets hard or there's a lot at stake. But God wants to know how committed you are. If you look at the stories of our text in Luke chapter 15, You have three very committed people. You have the shepherd. He would not leave his lost sheep behind. You have the woman that lost her coin and she searched the house diligently to find. And you have the father that would go out and look over the horizon to see if his son was returning. They were fully committed. They did not give up on the task at hand. So my question to you today is, are you committed? 
Now, Paul was an example of being fully committed. Once he committed his life to Christ, he was fully committed. Look at what he says in Philippians chapter 1, verses 20 through 24. He says, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. I love this verse. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me, yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. This was Paul's prayer. You know, you can look at a Christian in two different ways. Those who marvel and those who are marveled at. Greatness comes to the Christian when they become committed to the cause of Christ. Think about an athlete for a moment. Anybody like sports? You ever watch people play games or, or uh, you know, football, basketball, baseball? Then there's all those other sports that we don't see as much of, soccer, hockey, you know, around here. And then you can go to the Olympic sports that you only get to see every four years, it seems like. It's the only time they're on TV or what have you. But think about an athlete for a moment. They become great when they make a total commitment to their sport, right? They fully understand the need to do what is best for their bodies. Their commitments become a matter of life and death. The committed athlete enjoys a challenge but is always pressing for greater challenges. Greatness comes to an athlete who is willing to sacrifice everything. You see, it's easy to settle for a marginal life. Most people do. But God has a better plan for his people, amen? God wants us to be great. God wants us to experience greatness, the kind that comes only through a life of commitment. He wants us to be fully committed. Why do we have people here to take care of your children? It's so that we can bring up another generation of believers. Why do we have people here committed to teaching you God's word? It's so that we can give you the answer to any problems that this world will try to throw at you. God needs fully committed believers to fulfill the calling that God has placed upon your life. Amen? Fully committed believers matter to God. Now, Let me just say this, don't be fully committed only when it benefits you like King Asa. Be fully committed like Paul. You see, the second group of people that matters to God are those that he describes as the lost. So let me understand, let me let you understand this. We have to have fully committed people so that we can concentrate and help to reach those that are lost. The second group that matters to God. Understand there are two categories. There are two places that people can be involved in. They can either be those that are fully committed or those that are lost that do not know the Lord. Even Revelation says that we can't be lukewarm. We have to be hot or cold. We have to pick a side. What are we going to be? Are we going to be the fully committed? Or are we those that don't know who Jesus is? That we don't understand who he is. The second group's the lost. It's, 
It is for the lost people that God needs the fully committed. Amen? In our text, Jesus tells the stories of three lost items, a, a sheep, a coin, and a wayward son. The people he is telling this to is a group of tax collectors, a group of sinners, Pharisees and teachers of the law. This was the group he was talking to. Jesus probably made it a point to reach out to the tax collectors and sinners because those were the lost people that Jesus wanted to reach. The Pharisees were probably looking on from a distance because to associate with tax collectors and sinners would mean that they were unclean. So the question is, and I truly believe that these Pharisees, these religious people, were not fully committed. Sure, they knew the law. They could quote it frontwards and backwards and everything. But you see, they didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus. They didn't believe what Jesus was saying. They didn't believe what Jesus was teaching. And Jesus was the Son of God that had come. He had told them several times, and he said, look, this is how we need to live. The first one, the first story that Jesus tells was about a shepherd that lost one sheep. He had a flock of a hundred sheep, and one goes missing. You see, it was not uncommon for sheep to wander from the flock. A shepherd would go in search of that one lost. And during Jesus' time, many rabbis of that time believed that God received the sinner who came to him the right way. But in this parable, Jesus teaches that God actively seeks out the lost. He does not grudgingly receive the lost. Instead, he searches after them. God finds the sinner more than the sinner does find God. You see, in the next story is about a woman searching for a lost coin. Palestinian women would often receive ten silver coins as a wedding gift. Besides their monetary value, these coins held sentimental value like that of a wedding ring. To lose one would be extremely distressing. The ten coins could have been this woman's life savings, meant to support her in a time of need. Upon discovering that one of the coins was missing, the woman would light a lamp in order to see into the dark corners and sweep every part of the dirt-packed floor in hope of finding it. Although the woman still had nine coins, she would not rest until the tenth was retrieved. Her search was rewarded. And the third story was about a wayward son that left his father's home, received his inheritance early, and spent it all on wild living. Now, I know I didn't read this to you today because we're going to read this next week. Notice what happens when each of these is found. There is rejoicing. What was once lost is now found. And look at what Jesus says about each. Luke chapter 15, verse 7. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Verse 10 says, in the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. You see, when lost people are found, there is a rejoicing in heaven. Amen? God celebrates when his lost children come to repentance. As I was thinking about this story and reflecting back to those many years ago and even taking the time to do those hidden pictures with Maylee, when we would find all of the objects that were hidden, there was a rejoicing over us finding those items. 
And just like finding those items and the joy that we experience, how much more joy is there when someone that has wandered away from God comes back to the faith, God rejoices. And just as God rejoices, we should rejoice. Amen? People matter to God. Each and every soul matters to God. And if they matter to God, then they should matter to us. And if we are true Christians, then we will be fully committed that do the diligent work to go and search for those that are lost. We should do our part to make sure that every soul is found. We should put it in our heart that every person matters to God and therefore they should matter to us. There are two types of people, those that are lost and those that are fully committed. God loves those that are lost so much that he has enlisted the help of his other children, the fully committed, to go and join the search for the lost. Only the fully committed reach out to the lost. Only the fully committed serve long hours at the church so that it's a place where the lost can be found. Only the fully committed pray diligently for their friends who will otherwise spend a Christless eternity. Only the fully committed alter their spending habits so they can render the full tithe and fund ministries that reach lost people. Only the fully committed stay up late dreaming of ways to reach out to their lost friends and neighbors. Only the fully committed look out of eyes that see as God does, thinking first about others and second about themselves. Only the fully committed And guess what? Only you can decide to become fully committed, to go after the lost, to do the work that God has called you to do. How many of you would be willing to be fully committed to the Lord today? Think about that. Also, how many of you would be willing to pray for God to give you a heart for lost people today? And my other questions would be, how many of you have come this morning, you say, I am a seeker, and I want to be found. I want to accept God's invitation to be his son or daughter based on the price that Christ paid for my sins. Or maybe that step was just a little too bold for you today, but you're willing to say, God, I will become a seeker who's searching today. I truly believe that there are two types of people There are those that are fully committed and there are those that are lost. God is calling us, whether you're committed or you're lost, to listen to his voice, to follow his leading. He's telling us where to go. He's telling us what to do. He's giving us guidance and direction. And we just need to step up and say, Lord, here I am. Wherever you want me to go. We sang that song, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary You understand what that's saying? A sanctuary is a place where people go and worship, right? When we make ourselves a sanctuary, we're saying, God, I want your presence to to live here. I I want your presence to live here with me. I want to walk where you want me to walk. I want to go where you want me to go. I want to say what you want me to say. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to be fully committed today, and I want to follow you. And if you're here and you've not been fully committed, then, th- then this is a perfect time, this is a perfect season, a perfect day to step up and say, yes, I want to make that change. I want to give my life over to the Lord. And I want to live for Him. Amen? 
Can I pray for you this morning? I want to ask the worship team to come back and sing that song, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. And I want to pray for you right now. Let's pray. God, I just pray for every person that's here. Whatever decision they've made this morning, maybe they've made a commitment to say I'm fully committed, I'm fully in. I don't want to sit back on the sidelines. I want to get in the game. I want to be who you want me to be, God. I want to do the part that you want me to do. I want to be fully committed. Maybe there's a group of people here today, God, that are saying, I, I, I want to pray. I want God to give me a heart for lost people. And I want to pray for those. I want to pray for lost people. I want to pray for my neighbors and my, and my family. I want to pray for, for those that are searching, for those that are seeking after you. God, touch those individuals. God, maybe there's a group here today that says, you know, I've not ever been in. I've come searching today. I've come looking for answers today. I need Jesus to come and change my life. Lord, I pray that you would change that life today. Make a difference in that life. And then, Lord, there may still be those that are, that are sitting there saying, I just don't know about this yet. I don't know about this. Today, maybe they can make that next step and become a seeker and start searching and discovering for themselves who you are and how much you love them and that you love them so much that you sent your son to die on a cross for them. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Touch the hearts of every person that's here. Touch these lives that they open up to receive what you would have to speak into their hearts today. And God, I give you praise. I want to I do one thing before they sing this song. If you've come and you say, I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. If you're watching at home and you say, I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. You know, Christmas, the scripture says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. That means every sin forgiven washed away as if it never happened. And today you've come here and you recognize that you need his grace. You need his forgiveness. You need change. This is not something that you earn. None of us deserved it. It's not something that we can earn, but it's freely given to you, and that's why you're here today. It's time to say yes today by faith. Give him your life. If this is you and, and you say, I want to be a believer, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, then I want you to say this prayer with me. Can we all say this together? Say, dear Jesus... I admit that I am a sinner. I confess that I need a Savior. Today I give my heart to you. Come into my life and make me clean. I want to serve you. I give my life to you. I am no longer my own. But I am yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that prayer today, be sure to let someone know. We want to help you in your spiritual journey. This is not a sprint to the finish, right? This is a marathon. This is something. It's a, it's a daily walk. It's a step-by-step. But we want to help you walk with you on this journey. And so can we just all stand this morning? And can we just make this our prayer as we close out this service? Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Hallelujah.
touch the hearts of lives of every person here. God, just move in this place in a mighty way, God. That as we commit to you, as we commit to you this morning, we surrender our lives over to you and say that we want to fulfill the call that you have placed upon our life. We want to do and go and work and be and give and and all these things that you've called and asked us to do, God. We want to be fully committed to you. Fully committed to you as believers, God. That as I go and walk in this world, God, that I be a sanctuary for you. That I take your presence with me every step, every place that I go. I give you praise. I give you glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated for a moment. Lord is good. Amen. Hallelujah. I am... just want to remind you that if you're helping us uh, plan on painting the van, uh, you can place that money in the envelope market van. There's also an optional line that you can do. Also, uh, anything that you'd like to give towards the remodeling of the sanctuary, new lights, new carpet for the stage, whatever, anything that we can, you know, that you that you God's been laying upon your heart to give, we'd love to. Uh, we'll take it and we'll use it to continue to do the work that God wants us to do. Doesn't it look good up here? I know we don't have, we're getting ready to, to spray the um, uh, texture on it. And so, and then we'll have, maybe even have it painted by sun, next Sunday. So uh, you won't just see some uh, funny looking walls. Uh, <laughs> and by next Sunday, hopefully we'll have it painted. And so, uh, and then uh, we got to get, the cabinets will be built for too long. That'll go up here and and just different things. We got to then we'll recarpet the stage, and then we'll add another layer. And we got all kinds of stuff happening. And and so um, just it's been a long time coming, and uh, things haven't been done in a while. And so we're just we're just trying to do some house cleaning around here and update the facilities and do different things. Uh, y'all also be praying for a roof. Uh, we've had some uh, we got some news that apparently we we have some bad shingles. <laughs> And so y'all just need to be praying that the insurance will take care of uh, anything that, uh, that, that needs done. And uh, I'm just believing that God is going to take care of it. He's been providing the means. And so uh, if you've ever priced a roof for your home, you know that it's expensive to replace 
your house roof, well, just imagine how much more square footage this is and, uh, and how much roof is here because it costs a lot more. Uh, I think a new roof for this place is probably about forty, forty-five thousand dollars $45,000. And so you can only imagine uh, we need the blessings from God to help cover that. So just be praying with us about a new roof and that uh, we've already we've talked to a, a roofer and we're just in the process of getting the shingles tested and all that good stuff and, and going from there. But y'all just pray with us about that. Uh, just want to make also some announcements real quick. Youth tonight at 6. And then also I want you to each begin uh, thinking about who you can invite to Easter service. Y'all know Easter is only a few weeks away. It's April 17th, and our goal is to see 100 people in attendance Easter Sunday. Amen? I believe that we can get there, uh, invite your friends, your family, your relatives, your neighbors, your enemies. I don't care. Just invite them to service. And uh, we're going to believe that God's going to do some amazing things here Easter Sunday. And I'm going to start a new series on Easter Sunday called the Easter Challenge. And after service, we're going to have a glow-in-the-dark Easter egg hunt for all the kids in the student center. And so we need your help. If, 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 uh, here's what we need. We need people to, to start praying now for our Easter service. And then we need people to purchase Easter eggs and stuff them. And then we need people to invite someone to church this Easter. And, you know, I believe that we can have a packed house this Easter. And I need each person's help with this. And so God is doing some amazing things. I'm excited to see what God is doing. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I'm glad this time change thing is over. It's terrible, isn't it? Anybody else just kind of today, you know? I'm believing that you're going to have a, uh, an exciting, great, wonderful day today. And uh, I know some of you may be feeling tired because of that hour that you lost. I know uh, some of y'all thought we started at 10.30 the old time, and it was 11.30 the new time. That's okay. Uh, but... Uh, I'm glad you're all here to see your smiling, beautiful faces. I love every one of you, and so glad that y'all could be here. Our ushers are at the back to receive your tithes and offerings as you leave this morning. Can we all stand one more time and pray over this offering before we go? God, I love you. Lord Jesus, I love you. Holy Spirit, thank you for being in this place. I cannot stop thanking you. For the many blessings that you have placed upon this church and upon the families that are in this church. And so I come to you one more time, Lord, and I just ask that you would just bless as people give, as people have surrendered to what you have asked them to give, God. I pray that you would pour out blessings upon them, that you would do a work in their heart and in their life. God, I pray that you would move in a mighty way because you are holy. And so, Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory. I ask that you would bless this offering, bless each and every person that gives. Help us to continue to do what you've called us to do as a church, God, to continue to reach out to people to be the work that you want us to, to be. And we give you all the praise and all the glory, and we ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Two more things before you leave. I know, I always got one last word, right? Uh, uh, don't forget Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. There's a lot of cool stuff happening here. You need to be here. I'm just going to say that. And then also don't forget uh, Saturday.
is our food giveaway. If you would like to help, you can see David uh, Lawson. He's out in the hallway there. You can ask him, how, what, how can you help? He's got plenty of jobs for you to do. And so uh, if you would like to help with that ministry. Y'all have a wonderful week. We'll see you Wednesday. Oh, I, I had this right here in front of me and I forgot. If, if you have uh, not paid for your Shonda Pierce tickets, uh, please pay by next Sunday. And uh, they need to get all that money in and give you your tickets so that y'all can go and enjoy that on April 2nd, 1st, April 1st. April Fool's Day. What a great... Huh? Any tickets that are not paid by Sunday will be put back up and we're going to try to sell them. So, thank you.